0: Oh. Mm-hmm. Hi there, welcome to the show, More Than You Can Chew. I am your host, Tiffany Moore um, so a, a big, a, a plan I had, um, in originally starting, um, The Shift, the last episode, this was going to be a series, and, um a big driving force behind that was like, I wanted to get more consistent with this podcast. I was like, I'm doing this every single Monday. Like every Monday I'm going to put a podcast out. I'm going to force myself to talk about this. And, um, the past week I've been pretty much incapacitated. I did try to record Monday, Tuesday, um, today's Wednesday. Okay. (laughs) Totally like have no idea what anything is anymore. Um, I did try to record Monday and Tuesday, but I just couldn't really uh, form my thoughts together. I couldn't focus um, due to everything that is happening in the Middle East right now, in Gaza specifically. And um, first of all, I'm not here to try to get anyone to choose a side. I'm not here to try to sway anyone. Um, But I know the toll it's taken on me just to have access to what's happening. And um, I'll fully admit that when everything started happening with the Ukraine and Russia, We were so fresh right out of the pandemic that I didn't have the capacity to really invest the time it took to understand what was happening there. And it was something where I was just really like, I don't understand, so I don't think it's like something... I just don't have the capacity right now because I'm so like... Completely wiped out, like this is just something I can't take on right now. At this particular time, when this all started happening, I'm in a completely different space now, and I do feel like I have the capacity to really educate myself on what is happening and um, invest myself and learning more about it and trying to be a voice for the people who do not have a voice right now. And the most amazing thing about social media is that now we have this technology and when you start doing your research, you can't there's nothing I could ever say to make someone care about what's happening. And I'm not here to, like, call anyone out. That is not what I want to do. And that's kind of, like, one of the things I don't like about social media is, like, everybody has their own stuff going on. Everybody's going through whatever the fuck they're going through right now. If you don't have the capacity to take this on, I'm not here to, like, shame you or any of that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, again, you, you can't force people to care. And if you've ever been involved in activism that's something you learn really quickly is you can't no matter how much you want to and it, and social media is difficult because it's almost like especially for me it's real like I really have to pull back from not getting emotional and I mean really pull back from trying to stay focused with the, fa- the facts And a narrative that the Western media is not going to portray. That's my main thing is just like, how can I be an honest voice in what is happening here and try my best to stay level-headed and not become emotional in this? Because I think that's when things really start to, you know, get ugly. And then we're not solving anything. Then we're just like caught up in all of these emotions and, you know, nothing is getting fixed in the moment because we're so distracted fighting with each other. So when you first find out about what's happening, it's like you just want to be a voice for the people because if there's one thing everybody in America can understand and everybody everywhere, I'm sure, If there's one thing you can understand, it is there's been some point in your life, there's been at least one point in everybody's life where they completely disagree with the politics of their government. And you can feel extremely, extremely alone in those instances. When your government is involved in all of these things and you can feel, like, really powerless and, like, you don't have any control over it. Um, This kind of ties in in this weird way, so I'm just going to, like, share this with you guys. I don't know if I'm going to talk about the shift in this episode. I don't know that I can, like, wrap my mind around that place. Like, I I feel like I've slept six hours in the past week I'm not kidding you like I have to keep reminding myself to eat at nine o'clock p.m you know like nine o'clock at night I'm like shit fuck I forgot to eat something like I'm just not hungry I don't care about anything else that's happening I am completely like glued to this because I can feel the collective heaviness like you can't I don't know I just like I'm very invested in it, and the more I research and the more I understand, the more it's just, like, really fucking dark. It's a really, really, really dark story of the Palestinians and what they've experienced. And, um, I'm not here to skew a narrative, though. I'm, I'm trying to keep this like as biased as possible. I think the voice should be for all of the innocent people this is happening to, because I can't help but put myself in the same situation. If there was a leader in the US government that I was firmly against, against and then I didn't agree with what they were doing And how helpless I would feel to see things like this happening and just feeling like I had no control over it. Like, I just feel like we can all really empathize with that in some way. The powerlessness of people. And I firmly believe that you can be pro-Palestine without, you know, being labeled a Hamas supporter. And I fully, fully believe that you can condemn anti-Semitism, you know, like, just because the Israeli government is doing these atrocious fucking things, it doesn't mean that all Israelis feel this way and support what is happening. You know, I feel like it would be more anti-Semitic to believe that, to believe that all of the Israelis are, you know, completely backing Netanyahu in this and saying, like, yes, yes, go, like, you know, level them. The children of darkness or whatever the fuck he tweeted. Like, this is clearly much more in depth and I would just really, really implore you to check the history for yourself. But again, you, you can't force anyone to care. That's completely like wherever you're at in your life, you do what you need to do. I've just been in a space at this point in my life where I want to be completely aware of what my government is doing, what my government is complicit in. That's where I'm coming from. So I want to understand the full scope in this case because our U.S. government is backing the Israeli government through all of this, no matter what. So... If you do want to learn more, um, the way I educated myself wasn't by um, media outlets or like listening to different points of view. It was studying people who have actually lived in the Middle East or visited the Middle East, um, Palestinians who live there now. And a lot of that information is available on TikTok, however you feel about TikTok, whatever you will be able to get real accounts of people who are actually living there now, witnessing it real time, and you can better understand what they are experiencing and what they have experienced. But um, I would say the number one resource to check out is, it's called Life in Occupied Palestine by Anna Baltzer, B-A-L-T-Z-E-R. So she's an American Jewish woman, who she was in the um, International Women's Peace Service and she spent a lot of time in the Middle East and she talks about how during her time there a lot of times Palestinian refugees would take her in and being a Jewish American she started hearing things that were very different than the experience she had been told when she was growing up from her family and other people, you know, other American Jewish people like her, she was hearing very different stories about what had happened from these refugee, these Palestinian refugees. And it's not, she's not pulling at heartstrings. This is not like a docu. It's not like meant to sway you on anything. She went in there completely like these reports that are coming out, like, they have to be false. Like, they have to be, you know, um, overemphasizing these. There's no way this is real, what's actually happening. Like, these these can't be true. So she was kind of going there in in search of, like, almost, like, exposing some people in a way. You know what I mean? Exposing, like, like it, it just has to be. It's so far out there. Like, these reports can't be true. And so she goes and she stays. I mean, like, she was here for at least a year, you know, visiting all different parts of the Middle East. But she spent a lot of time in Gaza and recounts that story. And if anything, it's way worse than the reports she had even received. And she just, it's very clear. It's very precise. It's very black and white. Like I said, she's not pulling on heartstrings at all. It's just a very factual um movie or you know um sorry I'm just like really out of it what do they call it documentary whatever like it's a film and um that you can see about like factual things that actually happened without like feeling like someone's trying to sway you um so that is something that I would definitely recommend if you are interested in learning more about what is happening. So the way this ties into me is kind of strange. Um, A couple weeks ago, probably a few weeks ago, I just took this little trip out um, towards Philly. I wanted to go to Longwood Gardens and just kind of like have a little, you know, celebration for the autumn equinox and kind of center myself for, you know, the seasonal change and you know, just take a little trip. So, um, this Longwood Gardens is like not too far outside of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And, um, I was trying to just, I was like, that's the main place I want to go. I don't need this to be like a super long trip or anything. I'm just going to grab like an Airbnb, you know, and just like maybe a night or two, like nothing crazy. I just want to like, you know, get out, get out of my house and get some perspective and stuff. So I went and stayed, I was just like, okay, so like, I know Longwood Gardens is like the ultimate thing that I'm going to go do and I want to spend like all day there. But, you know, as for the trip down there, like, is there some places I could stop and check out? Like, just kind of like planning my trip a little bit. And I went through a few different options of what what I would want to check out and then suddenly like the National Civil War arm, uh, Civil War Museum popped up. And I was just like, eh, I'm not really a history buff, but something in me was just like really pulling me towards that for some reason. So I decided that's what I was gonna do. I was like, I can just like stretch my legs a little bit there, you know, it'll be good, a good stopping area before I get to the Airbnb. And the Airbnb I was staying at was a house that they had remodeled, that it was actually um, from Civil War times. So it was just gonna be like, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Like I don't, I am not a history buff at all. I um, really didn't pay attention in high school. Uh, That was like the furthest education I've ever had. And I really didn't pay attention to anything in high school. So there's just like a lot that I'm really unaware of when it comes to history. And there's just a lot I really don't know about. And um, so uh, it was honestly kind of like once I got there, um, it was kind of embarrassing how much I really didn't know from that time and what was actually happening during um, the Civil War. So I thought, you know, I'm gonna just like stretch my legs for an hour. I spent like three hours there. I'm not kidding you. It was one of the most interesting museums I've ever been to in my life and I'm a museum person. I like, you know, art exhibits and all kinds of things like that. I love museums. This was by far one of the most educational experiences I've ever had in my life and um it's very visceral very visceral uh they have a lot of mannequins and scenes throughout the exhibit so and it's dark like there's not a lot of light so you you feel you have these conversations happening about what the conversations would have been like during this time and those are playing and you're seeing like all of the weapons and just all of the random like you know trinkets like what they used to shave like all of these things you're seeing and the main thing that really really stuck with me that I just could not like couldn't shake was this four-pronged collar um that was put on slaves so they couldn't move their heads they couldn't they couldn't rest or anything and if they tried to escape this collar that they had on would get caught in the bushes and the trees so they wouldn't be able to escape it was just like this collar that went around the neck and it had four prongs pointing up all over um all around it and like completely encasing the head in so um I I went to the Airbnb that I stayed at and I remember like even just trying to fall asleep, I just couldn't get that image out of my head. I just couldn't stop thinking about that collar and how dehumanizing that that fucking had to be. And, you know, like just going through the whole range of emotions when you're in such a proximity to these things and it's surrounding you in this way that you just can't deny what it must have been like especially if you're a really empathetic person if you pick up on energy and things like that I mean the energy is still held in all of these fucking relics you know what I mean like you just feel a heaviness when you walk through this museum it's really profound honestly it's really fucking profound and it was one of the most amazing experiences of my life I'm so glad I went but I couldn't I couldn't sleep at all in this Airbnb. I just, I I couldn't stop thinking about, and of course, like you're seeing the whips and like all of these things that the posters, the wanted posters for the slaves, how they're speaking about the slaves in these posters. And I was really overwhelmed with this, this, this question that kept coming through When I was just trying to go to sleep or just, like, think about something else, it was just like, what would my role have been during this time? Because you have to think how different things were back then. And everything was different. Everything was so much different. And I just really sat there and thought, like, what would I have done during this experience what would my role have been could I have possibly been swayed you know like just all these things running through my mind like in during that specific time how would I have responded to what was happening and um I think you can learn a lot about yourself in those moments I think it can bring a lot of questions up and uh, make you even feel unsure about yourself in a way and um I, I really questioned it and I couldn't I, I couldn't pinpoint I knew that I would want to stand up for any injustices happening but I also understand it would have been a very different time and I wondered Would I have bought into the propaganda? Would I have bought into the lies that were circulating? Could I have been gullible enough to be swayed at that time? Would I see the truth, you know, through the trees or whatever? So when this happened um, in Gaza, and I'm not at all, like, demeaning what happened to the Israeli people who were killed as well by Hamas I am not excusing that I am not at all like that's fucking horrible and the trauma from those types of experience the grief and the trauma I understand it makes people it makes it so much more difficult to react to things in a healthy way, you know, because you're so blinded by rage and revenge. And I totally fucking get that. I completely understand that. I can completely sympathize and empathize with those people. And I can understand wanting revenge in that moment. But as an outsider looking in, the more research you do and the more you educate yourself on the Palestinians, especially in occupied palestine i mean the writing's on the wall the writing's on the wall if you do the research and i completely condemn anti-semitism but i don't think that if you defend the palestinian people you should be immediately met met with anti-Semitism. It doesn't make sense to me. That just doesn't make sense to me. I think you can hold space for both. I think you can hold space for the, the innocent Palestinian people in all of this, half of which are children, half of which the 2 million people who live there are children under 18. And you can also deeply empathize with the Israeli people who do not condone what the Israeli government is doing right now. And um, when that happened and I researched the plight of the Palestinian people, I 100% knew that exactly what my role would be in that time. I 100% knew because there wasn't a shadow of a doubt that I could see what was happening. I'm not even going to say it on here, but I, I can see what's happening you can see what's happening to these people and it's undeniable when you do the research. And I know that that's going to be hard for a lot of people. And right now those really, really difficult conversations are happening, especially with American Jewish people who have maybe been led to believe things happened or have been happening a certain way. And now with the aid of social media, we can see the truth and we can see what's actually happening and that's heartbreaking for a lot of these people who thought they knew the truth the whole time and now they're seeing something completely different so these hard conversations are having to happen while these people are experiencing an insane amount of grief because you have to assume You know, this isn't the first time the Israeli government has used propaganda. It's not the first time the U.S. government has used propaganda to skew a certain story and to skew things in a certain light. So these people, these American Jewish people, could have all of their lives thought the story all happened one specific way. And now they're finding out Amongst all this grief, after these people were killed by Hamas, now they're finding out in this very, very, very vulnerable moment, a truth that is going to change the course of everything. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It's incredibly tragic. It really is. It's all incredibly tragic. But... This is the way change happens, and it's ugly, and it's violent, and it's brutal a lot of times. And it's not anything new that's happening to the Palestinian people. Um, This has been happening for years and years and years, except the only difference is now we can actually research for ourselves what the truth is. And the Palestinians now have a voice through social media that they have never really had before. And now the entire world is opening their eyes to this quote-unquote conflict. And there's going to be a completely different narrative after all of this passes. And to sit here and fight about Who's doing what wrong? Like in this moment right now, it's all just a distraction and we can continue bombing. We can continue exterminating these people, these Palestinian people, while everybody's fighting and it's a good distraction to have. So, you know, unfortunately by the time the truth comes out, it's going to be too late. But what I'm seeing which is fucking amazing. What I'm seeing is the occupied Palestine finally feeling like they have a chance. And that's not due to Hamas. That is not due to anything that's happening with the Israeli government. That is due to fucking social media, which is a complete mind fuck to try to wrap your head around but because their voices are finally being heard in this way and everyone is paying attention right now during this particular um, moment, it's completely changing everything. And you're watching these people, even though they're being bombed, even though all of these things are happening to them right now, in this moment still, even after the hospital was bombed, it's still there are still bombs coming. It's, it's not stopped. It's still happening, very much so. And um, but you're seeing these people, it doesn't matter if they die. It's so sad, but I'm not gonna get emotional. I've cried more this week than I think I have <laughs> in the past three years honestly, like, and I've never been so happy that I don't have a quote unquote regular job because like there's no fucking way I could do it, like even when, I do finally like kick myself out the door to go do the ride chair thing. It's just like, I need to be, I I can't go out and like continue, you know, spreading the heaviness of the collective. I don't want to do that. If I'm going to be around people and I'm going to be a voice, I want it to be as clear. And I want it, I just want it to be like, And I'm not, that doesn't mean like I'm having conversations with people about this at all. It's just like holding more space for people, being more patient with people, you know, just trying to be like the ease in their day. That's what I'm trying to do when I'm out doing the rideshare gig. It's just always like, I I have a perfect five-star rating for a reason. Like I'm always trying to lift people up. I'm always trying to like brighten their day in some way and I I didn't want that to change so I was very like methodical about like when I did go out the past week now honestly it hasn't been a lot but when I did like force myself out the door it's just like I'm not going to contribute to the heaviness I'm not going to contribute to the pain I'm going to be the light for these people like I will hold the light for these people so because whether you think this affects you or not whether you're paying attention whether you're educated on what's going on, it doesn't matter. It's affecting you. It's affecting all of us. We are all experiencing this trauma in one way or another. Obviously not in the same way that Palestinians are or, you know, Israelis are or American Jews. Any of these people, like, of course they are experiencing it and I wouldn't even, like, put myself anywhere in the same arena. But you can't help but feel very deeply for what's going on. And especially if you're empathetic, you can't help but see it happening in your own life. What would happen if it happened in America? That's what I keep doing. If this was happening in America, what would my voice be? What would, what would my role be? What would I want to do? You know what I mean? Like, and This is also the first time for Palestinians that they feel like someone's paying attention and they feel like someone cares about what is happening to them. Um, So even these like stories that you're hearing about, you know, they don't even wanna leave Gaza because they wanna die together with their families. They would rather be bombed in their homes than go You know, wherever the the Israeli government is trying to get them all to go and, you know, find out that there isn't anywhere to stay and you have nowhere. There is no safe space in Gaza. There's no safe space in Gaza. So you're on a road to nowhere. You're just literally like aimlessly going somewhere. And these people are like, we would rather die in our homes with our family. So that's the choice that a lot of Palestinians have made. Um. Like I said, I'm not here to sway anyone's vote or, um, you know, force anyone to be interested in this or um, shame anyone who doesn't have the capacity to take it on right now. I just understand that, oddly enough, from that experience of being at the Civil War Museum, something changed in me and I was like, I want to be very aware of what my government is doing. I want to be involved with what my government is backing. I want to know how I'm going to show up in history books from this point on. Like, I want to take that accountability. I want to take that responsibility within myself to be very well informed of what side of history I'm on. Um, and all, all the only other thing I'm going to say is, I don't feel like we're on the right side of history right now by backing the Israeli government. Um, we are complicit. And I firmly, firmly, after educating myself for nonstop all week, I mean, just constantly learning, learning more and more and more and more about what is happening from people who have actually experienced, not people just commenting on it or giving their opinion, people who have actually lived it and experienced it. After that, um, I, I... free Palestine I, I think this is about a liberation of people it's not about ending the war or you know any of that kind of stuff it's about liberating people the liberating the people who have not had a voice and I firmly firmly back Palestine that doesn't mean I'm anti-semitic that doesn't mean that I wish harm for any Jewish people none of that stuff And I think we can openly have this conversation now in this time. And we are opening the door to having these conversations where if you're pro-Palestine, it's not automatically met with, well, you're anti-Semitic. Because that kills the argument right then and there. And it doesn't give any hope for any kind of like real conversation and real change. We need to stop. And I totally understand the Jewish voices who are like, listen, how long have we been trying to get people to care about Jewish lives? I understand that. I completely understand that. And I can't imagine having the attack on the Israeli people from Hamas and having to experience that trauma. And then people expecting you to turn around immediately from that and say you know stop the bombing in Gaza stop the bombing in Gaza like I can't imagine I'm not going to try to speak for those people I'm not trying to speak for any of these people I'm just telling you I feel a a very 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 empathetic and I can't help but envision this happening and in an America, you know, for me, it would be like Donald Trump being president and pulling something like this. That's what I compare it to in my head, you know? And um, pulling something like this and me feeling so helpless and so lost. And this is no comparison because I have never been fucking oppressed in my life. I'm a white woman for God's sake. Like I cannot possibly understand what real oppression feels like you know besides uh, not having bodily autonomy and there there's a real side of oppression I will never understand as a as a white human being but I, I feel that I still have a responsibility to be a voice for these people and 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 mainly that responsibility felt like Firmly stating that Hamas does not represent all Palestinians and the Israeli government does not represent all Israelis and we cannot group people together like this that we tend to do in America, you know, we don't always like go out of our way to feel empathy for people who are experiencing things outside of America And I get that, too, because we have so much conflict here. There's so much we can't figure out within our own borders. Why are we really getting involved in, you know, the Middle East? And but the more you understand, that's all I can tell you is like, the more you understand, I think the more you will realize the way that this is going to be written about in history books. And I'm... i I just can't get on board with the U.S. government backing the Israeli government. I can't get on board with that. I just can't. I really, really can't. And I know how this is going to go down. And I know how this is going to be portrayed. And I and this is happening in 2023, you know. These things are still very, very fresh um, ideas and um yeah it's difficult but I did want to try to be somewhat consistent um with the podcast again I'm really on no sleep uh haven't been eating like just been crying my eyes out following nonstop what is happening so I just feel like hopefully I composed this in a way that um really got the point, or, you know, my story out that I wanted to tell about the experience I've been having, and, um, yeah. So, I do want to continue the shift, I really do, but I just, like, I really can't get my brain to focus on anything else happening right now, so, but I did want to put out an episode to stay somewhat consistent, um, yeah. Yeah. So, everyone out there, you know, is experiencing pain and trauma from this. I'm not at all making this about me. Not at all. I'm just saying we are all feeling the reverberations of what is happening here. And it's heavy. It's fucking heavy, man. So, be kind to yourself. Try to remain, you know, as open and compassionate as you can to what everyone is experiencing in this moment. Try to keep your perspectives open. Try your best not to group people together. I know that's hard, especially in America with the media. Try, not, try your best not to just group people together. That's all I can say is just do your research if you want to you know educate yourself more on this and um yeah so hopefully next week um I can do another episode about the shift and um that's all I got for today all right thanks for listening bye